Hello, folks, and welcome back to Quartzile Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon St. Croix, former athlete and current sports social worker. On today's episode, we're joined by Shelby Waite, former collegiate and professional sprinter and host of Athlete Stand Up. Shelby joins us to talk about her experience as an athlete, as a sports social worker, and about her passion of merging the two. Thank you, and enjoy. And folks, we're back with Shelby White, former NCAA 100-meter sprinter, professional sprinter, social worker, and host of Athlete Talk. So Shelby, thanks for joining us here at Courtside today. Woo! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this platform. This is great. It was only back in March that I was able to join your show, Athlete Talk, to talk about Courtside Wellness. So it's great to have you here today to talk about your own experiences being a former athlete and current sports social worker yourself. Thank you. So I'm going to turn the ball over to yourself and tell us a bit about yourself and who you are. Yeah. So I'm Shelby White. Uh, I had ran uh, collegiately and also professionally. I started at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville and transferred to University of Alabama at Birmingham, where I was considered a short sprinter. So I ran the 100 and the 200 meter dash. Of course, I did some relays in there, um, but my specialty was the short sprints. Um, After graduating from UAB in short, I was able to run professionally and uh, compete overseas in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where I represented Team USA and uh, ran the 100 meter dash. And so it was through my experiences running collegiately and also professionally where I just recognized my calling. Um, I always wanted to pursue running professionally and pursue uh, competing in the Olympics. However, experiencing my own run-in and mental health and how there is certain you know, divisions or certain athletic programs don't have the full support needed to help guide and transition and navigate athletes in the midst of recognizing and honoring and understanding their own mental health needs. It was my own experiences where I was able to kind of recognize the value in that and pursue being a mental health provider. And for yourself, you got your undergrad in social work at University of Alabama at Birmingham there as well. So at what point did you feel, hey, how can I merge these two or how did that come to be? I know you said it was from your own lived experience. Yeah, it was honestly a really interesting journey, how like how I was able to like see that I can merge my passion for the professional social work and with athletics. Um, So when I graduated UAB with my bachelorette in social work, I wasn't done with the profession. I knew that I still had some exploring as far as what I really how I really wanted to use Um, my gifts in the profession of social work. And so I went to grad school. It was the University of Southern Mississippi. And there was when I was really able to have that free range to explore how to connect the two. Um, Because when during that time, I I think it was like the summertime of after I had graduated um, from UAB that I had ran professionally. And so in that little window, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) 
There needs to be professionals working in the athletic population when it comes to mental health and when it comes to uh, just helping people understand more of themselves and dissecting the layers that they have and being able to still pursue their dreams and their goals, whether that's still in you know the athletic world or navigating out of it. And so I'm so thankful for my grad program. Uh, they allowed me to really like fly and soar free with just exploring what I really wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Um, and so, you know, in the master program, you have to have X amount of internship hours. And so how my program was set up, you had two internships. The first one was like a semester long. And then the second one was a year long. And so my first internship, um, I kind of really like communicated to them heavily. Like, I don't want to, like, I'm not someone who fits in a box. So the options that were provided, I couldn't see myself releasing my passion and working with those populations. Granted, I absolutely adore people who enjoy working in the medical field of social work or um, in DHR, CPS, depending on what state you're in, working in the government, working in uh, child protective services. But being an athlete and just knowing what it's like in that world, I was just like, no, this is not for me. And so I was able to craft my own internship. Since I was working for the athletic department at the time, I was able to create an internship where I provided mental health services. It kind of served as a sports social work intern for the men's basketball team at Southern Mississippi. And that was like unknown, like no one has ever done that before. Um, and so it was through working and networking with the resources that I had, the connections that I had built during my short time of being at Southern Miss, I was able to really communicate to the athletic director and say, hey, look, this is what the statistics show. This is what your athletes are showing a need. Let me fill in this gap. Let me come in and be able to provide um, coping mechanisms, provide skill, uh, help them build their skill set in the terms of their mental health so they can continue to produce better uh, results um, on the court. And so I was able to get that yes. <laughs> I had so many people behind me supporting me, the athletic director, the head coach of the men's basketball team, uh, my director of my uh, social work program. Um, it was honestly amazing. And so that little taste was like everything to me because <laughs> I just really opened my eyes. Um, and so did that um, and then allowed my next internship to kind of build upon that. Um, and, and I worked in the mental health. Uh, so I worked in the counseling setting, but the clients that I received were athletes. And so again, that little exposure that just kept building up and then being introduced to ASWIS, the Alliance of Social Workers in Sports. Did I say that right? Yep, that's correct. That's ASWIS. Like I said, I've been involved with them for a long time. It's great to see the growth that they've gone through. They are amazing, honestly, and truly like everyone who's a part of that organization are truly amazing and so important to be around like-minded people. And so having that as well really helped me to just walk into the newly emerging field of sports social work. And it's great to see the lived experience in terms of being a former athlete, in terms of being able to bring that lens. Because as we know, there's a whole different culture around sports and athletics. And how did the athletes warm up to the idea, okay, we have a social worker coming in to work with us as well. How was that perceived? They really enjoyed it. So, um, so 
before I stepped into that role of serving them in that type of way, I was their academic advisor. And so, um, or at least I was um, assisting the academic advisor at the time for the men's basketball team. And so while before I kind of introduced the idea to them as well as to the coaches, um, I was kind of just like asking questions, building rapport, asking them, hey, what is it that you need? Do you think that you could um, you could see yourself uh, excelling athletically and even academically if you had someone to kind of help you understand how to apply time management skills, how to um, balance the social uh, pressure that is on when you are an athlete, whether it's your freshman year, because <laughs> nine times out of 10, there's no services in place to help athletes transition into from being a high school athlete to a college athlete, freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, junior to senior. And so I got a lot of good responses from them. And so I used that to tailor into my proposal to the head coach and to the athletic director and saying, hey, this is what your athletes are saying that they need. And I know that you care about your athletes. I know that you care more about just their performance. So let's put some, some action to the words and, and, and allow me to kind of be able to just give that little support. And it worked. It worked. And that's great to be able to meet, you know, meet the athletes with her too, to know, okay, what are the gaps? What are the needs? And for yourself, you know, you started to recognize some of those gaps and needs. It sounds like during your own athletic career. So why would you say are some of the gaps that you witnessed from being a collegiate athlete and a professional athlete? That's a good question. Um, I want to say the lack of holistic support. Um, so I know with certain athletic programs, most D1, D2, D3 don't have that support in place due to funding, lack of funding. Um, and so when it comes to their mental health, they're kind of left on their own to fend for themselves in a sense, like wolves uh, out and surviving. And, you know, there are also cases where certain D1 schools also don't have that sports specific mental health support. And, um, you know, at my university, uh, so considering, well, I kind of start with Tennessee. So when I graduated high school, I had the uh, full ride to um, run collegiately at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And for me, you know, coming from a small town, that was everything. Like that was like the golden ticket because my dream was to pursue the Olympics and competing in the Olympics, Tokyo Olympics to be exact. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I got there, um, I was like absolutely in awe. However, um, actually a little bit before I got there, we had a coaching change. And, you know, that really changed the game, I feel like, in my career pursuit, um, because I wasn't aware that when coaches, when, when there's a coaching change, the whole staff leaves and the head coach now has that ability to say, okay, well, this athlete can lead, this athlete can lead, this athlete can lead, so I can bring my own crew and, and change the game. And so that was my experience. Uh, the new head coach had came in and not only did she, you know, get rid of all of the previous coaching staff, which was so devastating because I had connected so well to the coaches who had recruited me. Um, they were former Olympics and they've even coached Olympics. So again, like this was my golden ticket. I had put like all of my confidence in pursuing the Olympics by going to the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And so when that changed and when I got to the uh, university, they ended up um, releasing 
um, anyone who had a full ride that was a female and a freshman. And so that was me and two other girls. So three of us out of the recruiting class had, you know, were the only ones that had a 100% full ride. Well, um, she got rid of us <laughs> and she got rid of all the Walkmen. And that really devastated me. That really devastated my dear friends that I have like created such a close bond with because of that devastation. Um, and so that was my first experience kind of understanding what it's like as a college athlete and how things can really shift and you're left not knowing how to navigate that, not knowing how to process your emotions, not knowing how to understand um, and navigate through that. And so I was depressed for a little while. <laughs> like honestly and truly when that happened, that situation happened, I had a panic attack. Yeah. Like bored because I can imagine like I know in a similar way, I remember uh, Bob Demers, former football player at USC. We had him on a couple months back, and similar thing yeah. happened with him in terms of whole coaching change, the whole uh, assistant coach system changed, and yeah. coach came to him and said, okay, you're on the team, but that doesn't mean you're going to be hitting the field. And in terms yeah. of the mental impacts, the shift, the transition, again, we're talking the college-age athletes who are still developing themselves as their own identity, but then when the ground is taken underneath you, I can only imagine – how would anyone cope with you know all that happening yes and it took me a while because again I didn't have that support and you know this is why it's so important or at least this is why I love the profession of social work we look at those layers we don't only just look at what's going on psychologically we look at what happened you know back when with your family is there a previous mental health issues or even education on how to navigate your own mental health and so for me I feel like it took me so long to navigate through those emotions and that hurt because I didn't know what mental health was, <laughs> honestly and truly. <laughs> it wasn't a conversation that was talked about in my community. And so um, that I feel like that was another like kind of indicator to um, really preach heavily on mental health and help educate people on the importance of like, you know, honoring different emotions, understanding different emotions, not labeling things as good or bad, all of that good stuff. And so. And in terms of, because when we do talk about mental health and sports, oftentimes it was around, like I said, the performance, the psychological performance aspect. And I remember uh, Grace Nair, former track and field athlete here in Canada, went to Olympic qualifiers herself, ran for uh, CIS, it was at the time. And she talked about how often mindfulness is brought in, not as a mental wellness technique, but as a performance technique. And a lot of the effort and resources was around mental performance, not so much around mental well-being. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's different, but it, it's, it's, it impacts each other. So like my experience with Tennessee um, and that shift in like my goals, it took me a while to really bounce back. Um, and so when I transferred to UAB, because I didn't understand how to kind of let that go or how to like understand it, it just sat with me. And so I felt like I was like a little bit bitter and then experiencing, you know, being in a different team dynamic where it was completely different from like the SEC versus the, um, so UAB was Conference USA. And so, you know, recognizing the difference in the mindset. A lot of the girls wasn't pursuing the Olympics. So I was just like, well, dang, who am I gonna like, who's gonna challenge me at practice? 
Um, <laughs> and, and so like, you know, just those little things and, and the team that I was on was primarily girls, like it was an all girls team. And so of course with that, that can be a lot of drama and it was a lot of drama. And so there's a lot of challenges that people don't realize that athletes experience, um, which is why it's so important to have these conversations and to share experiences um, that way we can help each other navigate through that journey and, and leave a better mark in a sense. And for yourself, you know, you took your own experience, like I said, got your undergrad in social work, your master's in social work and developed athlete talk. So tell us more about how that transition happened. Yes. Um, so this was during the window of really like exploring during grad school. Um, again, like having that free range to really explore my passions and find a way to intersect social work and the athletic world. And so um, through the internships that I created, through the internships that allowed me to get that clinical experience, um, when COVID hit, I feel like that was like another shift in just pouring out my passion in the collegiate professional, just the athletic world. And so when COVID hit, of course, that was a devastation for us all. Um, many of us have lost family members. Many of us experienced the roughness of that first variant of COVID. Um, and so it was a lot of fear. Um, and in the athletic community, Practices was canceled, uh, meets were canceled, seasons were canceled, school was canceled. <laughs> and that was truly devastating. It hit people in a different way. Um, and so when one girl from, I believe she was in North Carolina, when she um, committed, she lost her life to suicide due to just like the pressures and just like, um, it was her last thing. So she was a softball player. And I read up on her, I found out her story through news, but it just, it, it touched my heart and it just shifted a lot in me. Um, and it really propelled me to pursue uh, starting an athlete stand up challenge, which later became, um, it evolved to where now it's shifting into like an organization and a platform service um, to really advocate and, and heavily emphasize the importance of understanding mental health and in the athletic community. And so, um, when that happened, um, I was introduced to a Swiss and helped uh, Emmett Gill and other um, really incredible mental health professionals create a intervention in a sense to allow athletes to kind of support themselves. We recognized that there was a huge crisis at hand and we need to take action. And so I recommended starting a, a challenge where coaches and athletes and athletic programs can hop on the cellular device, <laughs> hop on Instagram, hop on um, Facebook and show what they're doing to uplift themselves, show what they're doing to encourage themselves. And it was a hit. Um, it, it, it went really well. A lot of organizations, a lot of athletic programs, um, volleyball players, softball players, soccer players uh, submitted videos. And I think that was like, wow, maybe I should keep going with this. <laughs> and so um, I started doing interview series on Instagram, created a page called Athletes Stand Up to just continue the name. And 
that was a really good hit as well. Um, being able to further connect with individuals. That's how we met. <laughs> being able to connect with people and, and allow people to hear their expertise, hear their passions and their story. Um, so we can uplift each other and encourage each other. And so, yeah, that, that has really, um, I feel like been the spark and the flame of not only, you know, talking about being a mental health advocate, a sport mental health advocate, but also a suicide prevention uh, specialist in a sense, um, where we're talking about issues that aren't necessarily talked about in the athletic world, such as transferring, such as losing a coach, um, or, or yeah, or experiencing, yeah, losing a coach, or um, what else, um, transitioning from high school to college. We talk about all those issues because it's valuable and it can help the mental well-being of these athletes. And it's great to see the platform of Athletes Stand Off in terms of the videos you've had, in terms of the interviews you've had. And where can people find your videos or check in to watch them live? Yes. So on Instagram, we are on Instagram um, at Athletes Send Up. We are also on Facebook at Athletes Send Up. Um, and we are also on YouTube at Athletes Send Up. So slowly growing the platform um, and the reach um, because I truly believe that there's so much value in um, showing uh, how we can talk about issues that's not talked about. And so you can definitely find me on there. Um, yeah. And in terms of, you know, recognizing the gaps, like I said, there's so many different aspects that we take those gaps. What would you say would be the top two or three areas or gaps or changes you would like to see for athletes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Firstly, I have to say the funding to allow not only sports psychologists, not only, um, um, you know, LPCs who work in licensed professional counselors or even social workers, clinical social workers who work in the counseling departments with the university. I think there should be funding for sports social workers who understand the, who understand how to look at the all of the factors that influence the athlete and their well-being, who understand how the mental well-being is influenced by the performance, who understands the well-being is influenced by the use or misuse of coping mechanisms when it comes to handling stress, when it comes to dealing with anxiety or emotion or triggers. <laughs> I think it's so important to have individuals who look at all of those layers and recognize that there's value in all of those layers to be able to really help athletes, help coaches understand how to communicate to athletes um, and shift this mental health crisis that is uh, impacting the athletic community as a whole. And like I said, we're starting to see that shift happen. But again, it needs to be, like I said, at all levels, not just that, like I said, the college level, fresh level, but we're getting right down to the grassroots level of, you know, youth sports as well. And in terms of even aftercare, in terms of when an athlete's finished retirement, because I can only imagine the transition of my identity of being a sprinter to now, okay, what is my next step? Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. Like I know right now, um, so I'm currently in California 
And uh, I've truly grown a passion for uh, providing mental health services to summer camp organizations. So like you said, like focusing on not only just the college and professional level, but that youth and that adolescent level too. And so here there are a lot of youth and adolescents who can really benefit from, you know, having that mental health professional in when it comes to learning how to play a sport or learning how to play a sport even, you know, better. And so it's so important to reach everyone. <laughs> and one thing I often ask athletes about is in terms of, you know, what was the moment where you realize, okay, I can, I can see the connection between mental health and sports. Cause oftentimes when we talk to athletes, you know, some are like, yeah, you know what, there was that moment where I realized there was that connection. And for some it was, you know, I don't see it yet. So again, it's interesting hearing different athletes' perspective and experiences. And I often say the only way we can really shatter the stigma is by allowing athletes to have a safe place to speak. Yes, which is why I love that you're giving that in this platform and through your services. It's truly amazing and inspiring. So for yourself, would you say that you talked about how recognizing your own experiences of in terms of, hey, you know what, I feel the sense of depression. I can feel the anxiousness. You know, when was it that we realized, okay, we want to see this change happen. Was it more so in terms of right after your experience at University of Tennessee, Knoxville, or was it, you know, more so going into your professional experience? It was more so going to my professional experiences. So while I was running professionally, my performance wasn't there um, because my mental uh, wasn't there in a sense. And so I knew that like, I couldn't necessarily focus heavily on my performance or just ignore the issues or the, the, the situations that I didn't know how to, you know, navigate through or understand or face even. Um, I knew that that was something that I need to get to the root of and to better understand in order to really give my performance my all and be able to see those results that I knew I was capable of seeing. And so it was through that transition where I was like, you know what, wait a minute. <laughs> Mental health is so important. <laughs> you can't expect someone to, you know, have a super amazing performance if their well-being is not taken into consideration. <laughs> and so that was that click for me. It was just like, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute, something not right. <laughs> and that was that click for me. And it's great to see, like, say, when those moments all come together, is okay, now we'll see some change. Because, again, we're seeing, like, say, the social change throughout. But, again, we need to continue the conversation and, and you know, yeah. push the policy, push the administrations, push the organizations to, you know, join us in that change as well. Yes, absolutely agree. And even that education piece, some coaches don't, don't, that, there are stigmas in coaches that, uh, when it comes to mental health and they can kind of contribute and be the problem in a sense. And so it's so important to not only push that policy, you know, um, but also push that education because <laughs> that is a factor too. Great points there for sure. One thing I often ask individuals is, you know, what is one word of advice you'd like to, to either give your younger self or to give younger athletes in, in today's culture oh that's a good one um I would I think what stands out right now in this moment is saying embrace what you've been through um no emotion is bad no emotion is good but honor it accept it and 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 if you need help navigating through that emotion whether you've experienced something that was traumatic um, whether you experience something that just shifted the whole trajectory of what you viewed um, would be your career path. Don't be afraid to accept it. Don't run away from it because when you run away from it, 
it will hunt you and it will force you to face it. <laughs> and that may take, that may be a, a really hard path um, that it take you on, but you're not alone. I assure you, you're not alone. Um, and there are people who want to support and help you navigate through those emotions, through those situations and help you pursue your goals or find other passions and, 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 and careers that will lead you um, and bring you more joy and peace. And those are some great words of advice for any athlete, coach, administration, anyone. Because again, oftentimes there's an internal fire that we have and it depends on how we're going to use that fire. If we're going to tame it or if we're going to allow us to take us over. Yes, definitely, definitely. One thing we often do here at Courtside at Wellness is around what we call rapid questions. So it's just quick questions, first response that comes to mind. So for yourself, what was one moment that will, in your athletic career that will always stick with you? I would say Tennessee. <laughs> that changed the game for me. So um, experience a head coaching change and then transferring, that will always stick with me. And like I said, the way you're able to use that in terms of turning into a positive for yourself and growing more as an individual and as well as for this fourth world has been phenomenal. Thank you so much. What would you say is, is one athletic term that you would say to people, you know, something that we can really redefine or change in the sport community? Suck it up. <laughs> the word suck it up when it comes to, you know, um, performing or or um, a lot of people say, you know, a lot of coaches say, suck it up. Like, like you are here for business. And, you know, that can be a toxic mentality. For sure. And we're hearing more and more athletes talk about in terms of, you know, the language needs to change. And I think that's a great one that needs to be, you know, really dismantled in terms of suck it up. So I love that you really dove into that one. And the last one I love to ask is, in your opinion, what makes a well athlete? Ooh, um, someone who's aware, who is balanced in a sense. Um, so they're aware of how to honor their needs in the moment that they may need um, um, to take time away or to go, you know, all in. Um, I think balance is so key and being aware is so key. Again, you know, the only way to really make change is by being aware. So I love that as well. Again, Shelby, really appreciate you joining us here at Courtside today. Uh, for anyone who's interested, you can find Shelby again at, at Instagram, Facebook, and you said YouTube as well. So we'll link all the information in, in our post there as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is truly appreciated. Thank you. I am honored to be on here. You are doing such an amazing thing, and I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait to see you just soar. <laughs> Appreciate it so much. And like I said, we'll definitely be uh, chatting. And like I said, uh, stay well and thank you again. Thank you. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to check out other episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Podbean. You can also follow us on social media at Wellness Athletic Services on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at wellnessathleticservices at gmail.com. Thank you and stay well. Mm -hmm.